Writer's Advice is a point of connection, a dose of inspiration, and an insight into the creative process of the babes behind the books. I'm your host, Olivia Hillier. Each week, I'll be interviewing authors from around the globe on their creative process and how they got to where they are today and what it's really like inside the industry of publishing. So listen in, take notes, and I hope you walk away inspired, ready to take on the next level of your writing wherever you are in your journey. Welcome back, listeners. I am very excited because this week we have the wonderful Jordana Levine in. And this was a gorgeous podcast with Jordana speaking about how to pitch and put out your nonfiction ideas. If you're someone who has an incredible idea or a business that you want to put um, a nonfiction book out into the world alongside all the incredible work that you do, then this is a really great episode to listen to. Um, Jordana just released her third book called Make You Happen, which is all about um, getting to know yourself on that deeper level essentially and self-expression and also your authenticity and self-awareness so this was a really great podcast on all things creativity and getting yeah getting to know yourself and being able to express that in every way you can possible so without further ado to do please welcome Jordana Welcome back, listeners, writers. I am so excited because today we have the gorgeous Jordana Levin with us today, who is a journalist, an absolute guru on astrology, and you may have heard of her from her incredible podcast, Luna Lover, um, Talk Wordy to Me, which I highly recommend everyone who absolutely loves books, definitely listens to if you haven't listened to yet. And you also have a great series of Higher Love, which is also linked to one of your books. So thank you so much for joining us, Jordana. Thank you. I'm tired listening to my own bio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're in the middle of a launch week as well. And um, I do want to get into your new book, um, Make You Happen, which I'm so excited because I definitely think it's a book that that needs to be in the realm of creativity and completely unleashing your creativity but there's so many reasons I'm actually really excited to talk to you today one is because I <laughs> I originally um found your work through the Luna Lover podcast I love all things astrology and okay. today is actually meant to be the first day of my Saturn's return so I feel like it's really great that I'm talking to you today oh. Oh. <laughs> crazy Right. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. going to be interesting. <laughs> but um, anyway, what I wanted to know is how how you started with everything. How um, how was your journey of from journalist to astrology to your books and and everything that has come together in your life now? Yeah. Um. I first of all, I'm a Gemini, so that's a good place to start if anyone knows anything about astrology, because um, I think one of our most notable traits is that we get bored very easily which is why I do a million different things um but I look I grew up loving writing and when I was in high school I think things have changed these days but if you go to the careers counselor and say I want to be a writer they tell you to in to enroll in you know media and communications basically so 
I studied journalism, um, popped out of uni and thought, what kind of journalist do I want to be? Wasn't sure and ended up somehow in food magazines. And so I worked in food publishing for about 10 years all up. Um, and that was everything from like reviewing restaurants to writing about food to developing recipes for the magazines. Um, yeah, all of that sort of stuff. So that was really fun, but it wasn't really, you know, what my soul needed. And um, after kind of working my way to the top in, in food publishing, I decided to go freelance. And so um, I left publishing and just started writing about the things that really excited me. And a lot of those things were a little bit out of the box. They were a little bit more spiritual. So manifestation was something I wrote about a lot. Um, and eventually astrology. So I went and studied astrology and um, I just, I don't know, I was just so fascinated by how seen I felt in it. But I think, you know, what a lot of people who are friends with me and also who follow my work now understand about me is that I'm not one of those sort of woo-woo spiritual types. I'm very practical and I need to understand and rationalize it. And so I think that's how the work that I've done, whether it's writing books or the podcast has really kind of been picked up by people is because it takes spiritual concepts and makes them really practical and relatable. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, I can absolutely vouch for that in your, um, podcast it's yeah it's literally taking that thing and being like oh how is this going to be seen as practical in my life and and how can I yeah be aware of it more more about yeah yeah. how was the process of so you've gone through your own creative journey of um being in a creative industry to a sense but then going and finding yourself more and moving into the things that you love more how was the Mm. process of that to then signing your first book higher love well my first book was actually make it happen oh sorry that's okay but it's important because what happened was I so I went and studied astrology I was sort of writing about manifestation and I started randomly so random running these monthly moon events in Bondi in Sydney and uh, they did really well. They sold out every month. So this was before Luna Love of the Podcast existed. I was just doing these moon circles. Um, and I was slowly sort of teaching about manifestation at the circles and people really kind of grasped onto it. And so one day, I actually ended up at like the Hay House uh, book writers weekend or something that they do. It's I don't think it's of value if people are interested in going. I mean, go if you want to. I didn't get anything out of it, except what it did make me do is put together a book proposal. Um, And so I put together a book proposal for this idea that I had, submitted it to a publisher and who I did have a contact at that particular agency, but submitted it to her. She loved it. And she said to me, we love it it's very much in the zeitgeist at the moment. Can you write it in eight weeks? And I was like, well, I'm not going to turn down a book deal. So sure. And so um, it kind of, the reason I like to say that I manifested that book deal and I manifested that that creative opportunity. But I think, you know, manifestation is just another word for creation. 
-hmm. And I think for me, what it was about, it was the transition feels easy in retrospect. It, It wasn't as easy at the time, but what it was about was following what felt good to me. And if I did that the whole time, walking out of my career and then trying to find the path once I was working for myself, I think, I think that's what was behind it was kind of following my intuition and what felt good. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And with that, with following your intuition, intuition and creating your own path, how important is that? And also what your new book about make you happen is about um, discovering yourself and your own unique gifts essentially and becoming self-aware when you're about to take on a creative journey. Look, I think <laughs> I think self-awareness should be the baseline of all personal development work that people do and, you know, pursuing creative things falls into that personal development uh, category, I think. When I wrote Make It Happen, it was, yeah, essentially about manifestation, manifesting a life that you want. My second book was Higher Love. It was a dating and relationships book, which was basically about manifesting the love that you want. And now we're up to Make You Happen. And I wrote Make You Happen out of the realisation that to manifest what you want or create what you want, you have to understand who you are. And whatever personal development journey you're on, whatever self-help book or course or, you know, retreat that you're doing, it all comes back to self-awareness. It's the baseline for all of it. And if it doesn't, then you have to question what it is they're selling to you. Yeah, 100%. And this is this is the very reason I, I love doing this podcast because it's learning about each different person's journey to what it has taken them to write their certain books, but also the best thing about it is that everyone is so honest that they have their own journey. They have their own um, ways of being and how their creations came to be. There is no one set path. And this is what you must do to tick the list to, to, to make you happen essentially. Um, So yeah, I think too, how would you speak about when it comes to things like spirituality and creating more self-awareness to to creating your own set path and and building that confidence too because I think a a number one thing I hear a lot about from other authors as well is imposter syndrome and and things Mm. like that on that journey and I think the importance of building that self-awareness and confidence in your journey is super important as well. So sorry what's the what's the question? Oh sorry so how would you um like say someone is going on their own self-awareness journey, how would you um, how would you encourage someone to get started and to build that confidence in their own um, journey of, of creativity? Yeah, I think it's about sort of understanding um, the nuances of who you are, which is kind of why I wrote the book, because when you just say that, it's sort of like, all right, well, where the hell do I start? Yeah. <laughs> And um, what I do in the book is break self-awareness into six aspects that you can look at within yourself. So what, who, who you identify as, and a lot of us identify as all of the external and superficial things in our life, you know, what we do for work, um, what we wear, our body image, you know, all of these sort of things that are, that are outside of us. 
And what I do in the book is sort of ask you, prompt you to have a look at who you are on the inside and whether that's being reflected on the outside. Next is emotions, like how we emote, how we process emotions. And all of that is how we fuel our creativity as well. You know, how you choose to express and how you choose to process your emotions is how you're uh, basically putting energy into the things you're creating in the world, whether it's a piece of writing or a piece of art or, you know, something that you're cooking or whatever it might be. Um, the third aspect is communication the way we communicate in the world. And I think when you can understand your unique and individual way of expressing yourself through communication, again, whether it's writing or verbal or body language, you start to understand yourself better. And as we move through the aspects, these are the nuances of who you are. And it's different for, from who I am or who they are, or you know what I mean, no matter who we're talking about. Um, after communication, we have energy, how you exert energy, how you recharge your energy is so important. And I think for many of us in the creative process, we burn out really, really fast mm. because we don't have boundaries and parameters around how we exert energy. We kind of use it all up while we have it, worried that it's going to disappear, but then we end up burning out because we haven't got any fuel left in the tank. I think that's a big one. It was a big one for me for a really long time. Yeah. Um, what are we up to? That's four, five. We've got um, love, sex, and desire. And I know sex might seem like a really strange thing to bring into the creative process, but it is another form of creation, right? Mm -hmm. And what we desire in our life, um, you know, goes beyond the bedroom, but also sort of how we direct our energy for what we want to create is like, what's the desire behind it? What's fueling that? And then the last thing is intuition and spirituality. And you don't have to be a particularly spiritual person, but it's like, what do you believe in? What do you have faith in? And how much of that faith is for yourself? And how much of it do you reserve for something greater than you and I think all of those aspects together once you can understand yourself better and understand those aspects within you then that's what starts to become expressed through whatever creative pursuit you're pursuing yeah 100% that's amazing you've you've put that into six really gosh I can't even imagine the journey that people are going to go on reading this book and, and answering those prompts that you are giving people but essentially you're helping someone create their own voice to ignite themselves um, on their own journey. So say someone has read Make You Happen and they're, they're going through the motions of this. How would you also promote um, increasing self-confidence in this? Because obviously, you know, creativity is a, it's a big self-discovery journey in a way, you're learning so much about yourself where things might come out that will change you and change things around that. What's, um, what's your advice on the process of that, I guess? Look, it's a constant battle for me. Um, I think, like you said before, a lot of creatives have imposter syndrome. Um, I know that I do when I'm writing. I was just talking to my publisher about it the other day. I'm writing my first um, fiction book at the moment. And I was talking to her about all the books I was reading while I was writing. And she said to me, I can't believe you're reading fiction while you're writing fiction. And I was like, why, why wouldn't I? She said, well, you know, a lot of writers can't read when they're writing because they compare themselves to the published author that they're 
reading, which actually I was like, oh, shit, yeah, that's a really good point. So I haven't read since then, which has put me in a weird headspace. But it is. We have, we have this sort of constant comparison. And I use it in the context of manifestation a lot, but it's the same for creation. It's this idea that your level of self-worth and your ability to create or manifest um, are directly correlated. So if you can work on self-confidence, self-love, self-image, self-awareness, self-acceptance, then I think it's only going to benefit the creative process. And a lot of the time it's about, and it's going to be different for everyone, but for me, it's about staying in my own lane. It's about not comparing myself to others. It's about having the awareness that you are unique and individual. And I mean, this goes into any kind of comparison, right? It's like nobody can be the expression of you except you and sort of really trusting in that. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Like owning your own voice. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's hard for people because we measure success based on what other people have done. So, but you, you're never going to have the same voice as someone else. And that's what makes you special. And before they came along, there may not have been someone like them, you know, and they paved their own path. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a tricky, it's a tricky practice, but this is why self-awareness is important because the more self-aware you become, the more you realize that we are all so different and we're bringing our own unique flavor to everything that we do. A hundred percent. How would you like success to be measured or how do you think we should measure success um, in a way rather than the things? I don't know. I'm not really sure. I'm one of those people who's always striving for more success. And whenever I have a successful moment I don't appreciate it enough because I'm looking for the next thing so I don't know (laughs) I don't have the right advice um I think I would like success to be measured by um a feeling that you're chasing and I guess this is how I measure uh manifestation as well it's like what how is it that you want to feel when you have that thing that you're trying to create or that thing you're trying to manifest and once you feel those feelings, that should be the measure of success. Yeah, because that yeah. was the intention to feel a certain way. What you've got to ask yourself is what are you striving to feel? So for me, it's a sense of accomplishment. It's a sense of pride, contentment, excitement, you know, all of those sorts of things. Um, and really when they do arrive, and this is note to self, taking the time to really be grateful and appreciative of them and not just letting it slide you know as you move on to the next yeah absolutely and the more self-aware you become and the more you find your own voice the more people are probably going to cultivate that feeling within themselves as well and start to understand what um particularly it means to them and particularly when it comes to manifestation I do just want to bring something up I was listening to a podcast of that you were interviewed on I, I might get this wrong so I I don't know if it was the Startup Creative Podcast. We wasn't that one. It was one of them where you were talking about you wanted to write a fiction book. Like that was your next goal. 
and now now obviously you're writing you're writing one so I also think that's another great thing with creativity is allowing yourself to evolve so it's like okay I've, I've done this now I've, I've achieved that thing and now maybe my success is here because I'm, I'm evolving and I want to achieve that so how have you found the difference between being a journalist writing for magazines than writing the books that you are now which I would say you'd class under non-fiction and then writing something fiction yeah how, how have you found that journey change changing to that um it's well from non-fiction books to fiction it's been a ride a ride and a half I thought it was going to be a lot easier because I wasn't writing about myself um, I'd kind of reached the end of my tether. A lot of my, the, the three nonfiction books I've written have a lot of personal story in them. And I was just tired of sharing my private life with people, you know, in order to prove a point. Um, and so I was excited to write someone else's story, but I'm actually finding it really hard. It's it's really hard and it's it's just a different way of writing. You know, you've got to give more description. There's more dialogue. And, you know, I give dialogue in the nonfiction, but it was dialogue that actually happened where this is sort of like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a lot harder. But one, one thing that is the same through whether I was working as a journalist or writing nonfiction or writing fiction is that it's all really, like it's all, it's actually all really hard. And when I'm in the writing process, it's not, as much as I enjoy it, it's not easeful. And I think a lot of people who aren't writers or even people who are don't realise that about the writing process because most writers that I speak to are struggling in the moment and it's only after that they appreciate how much they love writing. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that you said that. Yeah. But you don't sort of sit down. I mean, I think most people think I sit down in the mornings, I write for like five hours and the words are just coming out and I'm sipping on tea and, you know, stroking my cat. It's like, no, <laughs> that is not how it works. Thank you. Thank you for bringing the realness to that. I literally had a friend the other day talking about writing. She's like, I wish I could be a writer. I imagine myself like sitting in a little house, literally just doing that. And it's like, mm, the process isn't that, isn't that smooth. But um, uh, so what is it? What is your writing process? Yeah. How, like what is, how do you get in the zone or get into that work state of, okay, this is when I'm going to sit down as hard as it is. How do you put yourself in that state? Mm. I have worked out over the years that I am most productive and my brain is most creative at the very wee hours of the morning. So I literally wake up, get some sort of hot beverage. So I either make myself a chai or I go and get a coffee and then I come back and I'm usually at the computer by seven um, and I'll write and not solidly, but I will sit down there to write probably for about three to four hours, depending on how much I get out. Sometimes I'll get 2,000 words out. Sometimes I'll be sitting on the same paragraph, reworking it, trying something different, editing old stuff because I can't come up with anything new, you know, and I'll be doing that probably just before, yeah, like 11 o'clock, 10, 10, 30, 11 o'clock. And then I take a break, I either go for a walk or I've, you know find some way to procrastinate around the house 
And then I'll try and sit down again at some point during the day for an hour or so. And it's usually just to finesse the stuff that I've written that day. And that's about all I can get out in yeah. a writing day. Yeah. 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 And I, I'll hear a lot. Of, that's a very, very common thing. It's like five hours max is kind of like where you can, and it's a completely different brain state to be in. You're so right. Sometimes oh. you might be in that flow state. Other days you, you can edit, which is a, a different side of your brain. So it's it's giving yourself that that time and seeing where you're at yeah I'm definitely which I'm trying to break the habit but I'm definitely an edit as I go kind of person which slows me down a lot and I think it's it's kind of the perfectionist in me and I don't mean like grammar edits I just mean like trying to get a sentence to sound how I want it to sound and I can't move on until I have which has been frustrating with the fiction because everyone's saying to me, just get your first draft out, just get the story down on paper. You can always add more stuff later, but it's like my system won't let me, you know? Yeah, that's an, that's an interesting way to think of it too because I can imagine how that would work so well when you're writing nonfiction because things are a lot more linear as opposed to something like fiction and I call it like the vomit draft where you literally, it doesn't matter how stupendously terrible it is. <laughs> just like get it out I want to be able to do that so bad and every day I sit down and I'm like right we're gonna do a vomit draft today you know and I just I just can't do it it's frustrating it's interesting though I wouldn't get annoyed by that because sometimes I wish I could edit while I'm going because it's such a big process to do afterwards so if that's what works best for you yeah like I I'm in awe of people who can do that so that's really great yeah I guess we're all different. And the other thing I wanted to say about the writing process is I'm very, very, very much a strategic planner when it comes to anything I'm writing. So back in the day when I used to write articles, I would plot all the points I needed to hit out before I sat down to write it. I do it with my fiction books now, even like as I'm submitting it to the publisher to propose an idea to them, I've already got each chapter planned out. And with the fiction book that I'm writing, um, I plotted out every single chapter before I sat down to write it, which you think would make the writing process a lot easier, but I still get stuck on stuff. But at least I know where I'm headed and what points I need to hit in order for the next chapter to work. Yeah. 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 How, um, this, this may be two different questions for fiction and nonfiction, but how long did it take you before an idea came to your head and you're like, right, I, this is, this is exactly what I want to write about. This is what I want to talk on. And then, and the planning process. Yeah. Every time they just drop in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I don't sit down and, and I'm like, I actually won't write a book unless it's just an idea that's dropped in. I'm not like, okay, we need to do the next book. What can I write about? What do people want to read? You know, if I have a great idea, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do this with the fiction. I had a good idea Well, I thought it was a good idea and I was trying to write it and it wasn't working and I pushed and pushed and pushed because I was like no I, like I think there's something here but it just wasn't playing out on paper like it was in my head and then one day I'd actually just gone through a breakup and something clicked and I was like oh and the whole story changed and from there it just flowed and now it's this perfect you know plot line yes I love that you just said I only do ideas that drop in because 
And I think this is, it's, this is the difference when it comes to the creative process and how we're wired to do things in general society is, you know, it can be easy to overthink something and try and make something work. And this is what I love about your work as well. And, and I'm so excited to read a fiction novel of yours because you understand the spirituality side of things and acting on those ideas that drop in. So what advice would you give someone now who, you know, they have that feeling like I meant to write something, I meant to create something, but it's so easy for our ego to be like, oh, no, no, when, when you actually are getting these downloads, what would you, what advice would you give someone to give themselves the confidence to, to run freely with that, I guess? <laughs> I think um, it's a good question. I mean, for me, I, if something drops in and is persistent, which mm. You know, I think that's the key. Sometimes great ideas drop in and then I don't do anything with them and they disappear. But when they drop in and it's persistent, I have to get it down in some form. So my recommendation to people is try and put it into something, whether it's an Instagram caption, whether it's a book, you know, it doesn't matter how that idea comes through. Try and do something with it. When it comes to nonfiction, I think a lot of people don't realise that you don't have to have a full manuscript in order to get a book deal for nonfiction. With fiction, you do, unfortunately, which is what I'm struggling with at the moment. But with nonfiction, you don't. So if you have a great idea, I try and throw a few chapters together and then pitch it around and see if publishers think it's a good idea, you know? And if they think it's a good idea, then write the whole manuscript. If they don't think it's a good idea and you still have this feeling that it needs to be written write it and then shop it around again you yeah. know I think we can't ignore the things that our intuition are telling us sometimes write the writing process of it is for you and not for other people you know if you write it and it doesn't turn into anything you might have got some sort of catharsis out of writing it in the first place I mean that's happened to me a lot when I started writing Make You Happen, it was a completely different book. It was a book of essays that was sort of around the theme of self-awareness, but there was no sort of like um, exercises or practical action steps or sort of in-betweens. They were all very separate stories. And it was working, but it sort of wasn't really. And my publisher was the one who said to me, well, what if we made it a follow-up to make it happen? and linked it somehow to manifestation and I was like yeah all right so we sort of like added all these bits in between and it just turned into this wonderful book you know so sometimes I think when you have and, and it was the essays idea that wouldn't leave me and although it's not what it turned out to be it created this really beautiful foundation for what we have now so I'm glad I didn't throw it out you know yeah, yeah it became what it needed to become yeah. And what is some advice that you would give on, now you have an actual whole course on this, which I will link into the show notes of how to create the best pitch and, and put your nonfiction idea out there. But what are maybe like three pointers wow. of what you would give someone to, to really pitch it? Yeah, well, I, it all comes down to your proposal. Um, a, a good book proposal is what's going to get you in with a publisher. A lot of the publishers in Australia I can't talk about overseas really but a lot of the publishers in Australia will 
accept unsolicited manuscripts. Mm -hmm. These are nonfiction ones. So again, that means you don't have to have representation and you don't have to have a completed manuscript, which is great. Um, and they read all of the submissions. You know, I think some people think you just submit stuff and it just ends up in a bin somewhere. No, they sit down and they read them all. And they've got guidelines. Like if you haven't followed the guidelines, then they're not going to read it. But if you have, someone in that office is going through your proposal. I think a really good cover letter is important. Mm -hmm. um, I think a really, really good synopsis is important. And it's very hard to write your own synopsis sometimes because you want to put everything into it. But really, it's just your elevator pitch. Um, and then I think, well, what I do with all of my clients is really get super clear on the chapter breakdown and what the messages are in the book. So I think when you can get clear on that, whether it's for the publisher or just for yourself as the writer, that's what takes your proposal from this like kind of idea that's dropped in to something they're actually going to be able to sell and market, you know? And that's the other thing that's really important is having an idea of where you fit into in the market. Mm. Because at the end of the day, a publisher wants to sell books. Yeah. You know? And so what that means is finding some comparison titles. So either books that have sold well that are in a similar uh, sort of subject and genre to yours or books that have sold well and yours is a different spin on it or something like that, you know? Yeah. Because if you go, oh, I've got this great idea, no one's ever done it and it's totally new and, you know, whatever, that might be good if it's sort of like on trend or in the zeitgeist and no one's written a book about it yet, but it might also be because that's not something that sells, you know, and that's why there's nothing around that topic. Yeah. 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 I really like that too, because I think there can be a lot of pressure of people like, how do I be different and this and that? And it's like, you, it, you're going to be different anyway, because it's your way of doing things. And yeah. if it's showing it's a popular topic, that's great. You have your own voice for that. So yeah, absolutely. I think you just gave a lot of great advice for fiction as well. I feel like putting a lot of that stuff in your, you do have to have a manuscript alongside it, but putting a lot of that stuff in a fiction um, proposal is really great. Yeah. I think, uh, I think if any, if you're going to spend a lot of time on anything, it's getting that synopsis right. Yeah. 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 Cause I yep. think when you try and, and, and sometimes it's better to get someone else to write your synopsis, to be honest with you, but it's like getting, all of the information that they need, but in the shortest amount of space. Because if they have to read pages to understand what the book's about, then, you know, you're not clear on what it's about. Yeah, absolutely. I can't thank you so much for joining us today. I do have one final question for you. Obviously, other than read, make you happen when um, it comes to getting in the creative process, but particularly when it comes to, you've got an idea, you know, you, it, it feels right. It's something that you want to share and it's something that you want to create into a book other than the proposal and getting it ready. Is there any other words of advice that you would recommend to someone to, to really um, embrace that journey and make it the best it can be? Um, I think try and like, try and make it an enjoyable experience for yourself. Mm. I think if you're really struggling with the process and you're not enjoying it, then that's going to come through in whatever work you're doing. Um, I know <laughs> I found my first book really enjoyable to write. I found my second book really hard because I felt the pressure of the success of the first one. Mm. And then by the third one, I was sort of like, whatever. I was so um, 
unattached to the outcome. Not that I didn't put passion into it, but I was just like, you know, what will be will be, you know? And I think that's probably a really good place to be in is sort of like knowing that you're writing it for you um, and that's what matters, not worrying about what critics are saying, not worry about what readers will say, not worry about how much money you're going to make and just really make sure you're enjoying yourself along along the way. Yeah. Yeah, that's absolutely beautiful. Make sure that you do enjoy the journey because, you know, you're going to have a book in your hands at the end of the day anyway, so make sure you enjoy writing it. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for enjoy, uh, joining us. I have had the best chat with you and I am so excited to see this will be out and make you happen will be everywhere and I'm not I'm just so excited to see it everywhere and and how many people it's going to help and inspire so thank you so Uh, much for the work you do it's amazing and I know it's going to help so many people thank you so much Olivia thanks for having me thank you Oh, how gorgeous is Jordana? I hope you really enjoyed that interview um, as much as I enjoyed speaking to her As I said, make sure that you share it with Jordana and I and um, yeah, let us know what you took from that particularly. But if you would like to win a copy of Jordana's new book, Make You Happen, all you have to do is go to oliviahillier.com slash podcast, fill out your details and a brand new book of hers could be going to, could be arriving at your front doorstep. I have five to give away. So I'm very excited to give a copy of that to listeners and yeah see how it's going to help you on your writing journey all right guys enjoy and until next time i'll see you next week or speak to you i'll speak to you next week